0: You're listening to Case 63, a Spotify audio series.
1: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. Dr. Vincent Caldwell, time, 11.42 a.m., December 4th, 2012. Beatrix brought me to her secret garden. Guess it must be something important.
0: Are you making fun of me?
1: No. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to wake up and suddenly realize that... It was
0: all a dream? Or were you about to say that I've lost my mind?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Both work. I didn't know the hospital had
0: a park. I wouldn't call it a park. It's pretty small. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right in the middle of the city, but it's so quiet. I was assigned to this hospital my last year of med school, and I basically lived out here. And when I officially got hired here, it became my refuge. Whenever I needed a moment to myself, some sunlight.
1: You and me, have we been... I mean, will we be here in the future?
0: We'll be here. Precisely here. In ten years' time. You'll tell me about a dream you had, and it'll change my world completely.
1: We'll be even then because you changed mine.
0: That was Marie.
1: I mean, you met her. She's not just any teenage girl. Her mind is a marvel. She wants to fully understand every idea, no matter how strange. So she's taken it in stride, as much as something like this can be taken in stride. I just try to keep reminding her that there's a lot of little steps, a lot of gradation between reality and delirium, and that she should probably keep that to herself you know how people are the moment she gets labeled as that weird girl her life would suddenly be much much harder
0: how about you how are you holding up
1: i go through your story over and over and every time i get more confused over and over again all my logical and scientific reasoning is failing me or being broken down so if i look and sound calm if it seems like i'm fully accepting an understanding of time travel and time travelers it's just There's a big difference between us, though.
0: A difference?
1: You weren't ready to meet Peter. Me, on the other hand, I was somehow waiting for you to arrive, practically with roses in my hand. Which, believe me, is not easy for me to accept. I'm a 39-year-old widower with a daughter and no patience for sappy love stories. None. Falling in love is... well, let's just say that if it wasn't for the hurricane of neurotransmitters it kicks up, I'd think of it as an experience somewhere between job interviews and the dentist talking to a lifelong skeptic who questions everything society thinks regarding romantic relationships but but i know i know this isn't that this is something else it's it's like i'm welcoming you back it's like a person i loved left and was never supposed to come back and suddenly here she is again i don't know how to explain it any better than that Uh, but but i was waiting for you And I wasn't waiting for you to get here, I was waiting for you to get back here.
0: But we don't know each other. At least you don't know me.
1: Have you ever had a recurring dream? Over and over again for years? Because I have. I've dreamt of you. Hundreds of times. But until just a few days ago, it wasn't you. It was a dream of you. A faceless you. And ever since you got here, that image has been slowly completing itself until I saw it and felt it. You. Deeply and completely. In the dream, an image kept repeating itself over and over again. You and me in an airport.
0: And what happened? What happened in the dream?
1: It always has a different ending. I don't quite understand that.
0: I brought you here because this place has always given me peace of mind. I think it's the best place for me to answer any questions. Where do you want to start, Vincent?
1: I see. What's my job in the future? Or rather, what will be my job in the future?
0: You work alongside other survivors of the pandemic in a self-sustaining farming community, protected from viruses and any chance of infection.
1: You said his wife died, my future wife.
0: In a Pegasus outbreak, yes, in 2060.
1: Any children? No. And I volunteered?
0: You heard an ad on the radio when you signed up for training. You were immune to the 2022 strain of Pegasus. Your blood had antibodies for that strain. They also asked you if you had any recurring dreams.
1: A Garnier Mallet event? Correct. I looked into it. Contact with a double with another you from a past timeline or a parallel world. Contact that happens through recurring dreams. What are you doing with the branch?
0: Drawing on the ground. Take a time traveler over here, they can dream of another one over here, getting a glimpse of a different life. Since you are able to dream of an alternate timeline that was taken as proof that the catastrophe could be averted, you met all the requirements. So they sent you back to modify the vortex. You see that bird that just landed on the fountain? It's getting a drink, standing right in a ray of sunlight that's casting a perfect bird shadow on the grass. Simple little thing. What are the odds of that happening again exactly like that?
1: Pretty low, I'd guess. Impossibly small. Whoa, whoa, I just had... just had a deja vu.
0: Look down here. If a vortex is modified, it changes everything. The rest you know.
1: You're telling me that everything repeats itself? People, objects, relationships, roles change, but the people don't. Exactly. So they cannot coexist in a normal lifespan. They cannot overlap. Correct? What are you getting at? I want to understand. If I'm here, it's because someone's time came to a close, right? So that mine could get started?
0: In the same timeline, one entity must die for another to be born. That's what I understand. I don't know all the rules, Vincent. I don't even know if there are rules to begin with, but each timeline is different. I am sure of it.
1: But everyone has their a lot of time. And I'm sorry, but I'm just connecting some dots here. If you're here, it's because Peter Reuter sent you here. In order for that to happen, Peter has to have existed. You caused his parents to meet, and you know he'll be born sometime in 2023, right?
0: That's what I remember.
1: And I am a Peter Reuter entity, the one right before that one. So, in order for Peter to be born in 2023, I'll have to die. I'll have to die in 2023, at the latest. (sighs) Vincent. Huh. At least I know I still have ten years to do what I want. That's good.
0: It's a lot, isn't it? What else have you, um... mm -hmm. Is there other stuff you've been thinking about or remembering?
1: Just... No, nothing.
0: I see it in your eyes. Tell me.
1: I think I discovered something. It's strange, but... It's as if someone had already thought about this for me, as if I remembered it instead of thinking of it. I've always wondered what is the most painful moment in the life of a human being. It's all relative, of course. I understand now that the idea of... Losing the person I loved most in my life was always in my head because, because I had already lived it. And so have you. Yes. Because we've lost each other. Yes. Maybe, just maybe, Peter Reuter didn't send you here to save the world.
0: What do you mean?
1: If you're his wife in one of the timelines, and if Peter said he lost his wife in 2060, when she was 38, because of Pegasus then that means that his wife has to be born sometime in 2022. Had you thought of that? No. And if you were or will be Peter Reuter's wife for her to be born in 2022, then you, Beatrix, should have died in... In
0: 2022.
1: But you didn't die in 2022. You didn't die because someone stopped that from happening. Maybe Peter understood that someone had to die for the woman he loved to be born. You, Beatrix, you had to die. But he couldn't lose the woman he loved most in the world again.
0: I don't know. No. Wouldn't
1: it have been easier for him to inject Marie with his own serum? Didn't you ever stop to wonder why exactly he needed your help?
0: I'm so confused. It's just, you know, at the moment, it's, uh, it's all very- Maybe he
1: knew, or at least was open to the possibility that you would fail the mission. Maybe the mission wasn't the only thing he was after. Maybe he just needed to get you to the extraction point in that bathroom, an extraction point that was originally for him. Whatever it was, he arranged all the circumstances to allow you to be the one to leave reality in 2022. Maybe, just maybe, he tried to hide you and protect you from something irreversible, from your death. (laughs) He sacrificed an entire timeline, millions of people, and himself even, for you, so that you didn't die. Maybe Peter didn't send you to the past to modify a vortex. Maybe he sent you to the past to delay your death. I would have done the same thing.
0: I'm a little, a little dizzy and, um, the idea of that makes me sad.
1: You're not here to save the world. You're here to live. Why are you looking at me like that? Maybe this never had anything to do with the end of the world. Who can even understand the end of the world? I think that this, at heart, is a love story. He sent you to the past because he didn't want to lose you for the third time.
0: For the third time?
1: Peter lost you in the future. He lost you in 2022. In all my dreams about you, there's one that varies. Sometimes it's a good dream and sometimes it's a nightmare. We're about to board a plane, but you go into a restroom and I have the same feeling that I think Peter would have had at that moment. The feeling that no matter what we do, we'll never be together.
0: Your dreams scare me, Vincent. Vincent.
1: Maybe it's not deja vu.
0: Are you all right?
1: Do you see the young woman who just came in and sat down over there? The one really clearly just looking for some peace and quiet? For some silence? Yeah, what about her? Maybe my dreams also travel in time. They go up and down the timelines and suddenly, just for a moment, they stop in the present and they cause that feeling of deja vu.
0: What are you trying to tell me?
1: I remember this scene from a dream. We were here. I moved away from you so you would sit next to her. So you would sit next to the woman who just sat down.
0: And why would I do that?
1: because for some reason I'm not sure of, it's crucial for you, Dr. Knight, to meet the young Dr. Knight. (sighs) Oh, God. Case
0: 63, created and written by Julio Rojas, adapted by Mara Vélez-Meléndez, directed by Mimi O'Donnell, starring Julianne Moore and Oscar Isaac. Executive produced by Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Mimi O'Donnell. Produced by Alexandra K. Brown and Katie Pastor. Sound supervision by Jonathan Roberts. Score by Moat.